He is an awesome God. The psalmist said, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will declare your works to the next. They will proclaim your mighty acts. It is good. It is right. It is fitting for us to praise God. Praising God allows us and helps us to look to God. Praising God helps us to trust God. Praising God helps us to obey God. Praising God reminds us that we are members of God's family by his grace through our response of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. As Peter reminded us, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are the light of the world in King Jesus. And so we get the opportunity once again this morning to shine the light of Jesus in us to those around us, to one another, and then to all those God's going to bring our way today and this week. Open your scriptures with me, uh, if you have them, to Acts chapter 2. We're continuing in our series titled Fit Faith. We're identifying the spiritual disciplines that help us to get in shape and stay in shape spiritually. It's one thing to get in shape, but it's another thing to stay in shape, and these disciplines will help us to do both. The followers of Jesus in the first church in Jerusalem were blessed by God as they practiced these disciplines. We are blessed by God as we practice these disciplines day after day. We'll pick up with Luke in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone, say everyone, was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to those, their number, those who were being saved. Four blessings that we see here as we work out God's way. The first is we grow spiritually. We grow spiritually. As we read, study, obey, and share God's word, we grow in our faith in God. God's invisible work in us is made visible through us. Spiritual growth helps you and me to walk worthy of the calling we have received from God in Christ Jesus. Spiritual growth helps us to be effective ministers and witnesses for Jesus. And so we see one of the blessings from working out spiritually with God is that we grow. We grow spiritually in our faith in the Lord. A second is we see God's power. The signs and wonders that Luke wrote about that were seen through the apostles pointed to God's power at work in the apostles. What they were doing outwardly pointed to God's power inwardly at work in their lives. As we work out spiritually, as we work out with God, God's power will be seen in our lives, our ministries, in our relationships. We will experience God's power personally, but then God's power will also be seen publicly 
through our lives. Paul reminded us that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of power. Say power. Love and a sound mind. Paul said to be strong in the Lord and in his vast strength and power. And so as we are working toward this fit faith, as we work out with God, God produces a fit faith in us. He produces spiritual fitness in us. So we're going to receive some blessings, obviously, from this. And the blessings are going to include, we're going to grow spiritually, and we're going to see God's power. But a third is we're also going to be able to share God's love. These believers, as we've been talking about over these past few weeks, were biblical, which meant, because they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in verse 42, it meant they understood God's love for them in Christ Jesus. They were biblical, therefore they understood what God had done for them in Christ. They understood God's great love for them in Christ Jesus. But they were also relational and missional And so they understood God's love, and it also then prompted them to share God's love with one another and those around them. They knew the truth that we know this morning. God's love for us and in us is meant to be seen through us. God's love for us and in us is meant to be seen through us. Because when God's love in us is seen through us, it points people to Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. God's producing love in us because he wants that love to be seen through us. Jesus said, a new command, I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So that love in us and for us is meant to be seen through us. And when that love in us is seen through us, it points people to Jesus. God's love, as we read in this passage, and we'll look at another passage this morning in relation to this first church in Jerusalem, God's love was on display in the Jerusalem church family. God's love is on display in our church family. It's one of the many blessings that we receive personally, the spiritual growth, seeing God's power, sharing God's love. That's a blessing for us to share God's love, but it's also a blessing to us to be recipients of that love because we're part of this fellowship. We're part of God's family. And so we all are able to enjoy the grace, the favor, the love of God as the love of God is on display in our church family, just as it was here in this church in Jerusalem. And in the fourth benefit, the fourth blessing we see is we get to sing God's praise. We sing God's praises. What we see here, Luke said that they were praising God. The followers of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem praised God. It was part of their lives. It was part of their relationships. It was part of their daily workout plans. They were praising God continually, daily. It was ongoing. And these verbs are an active voice. That means they were active in praising God. They weren't passive, just sitting around listening and watching and observing, which is okay at points and times. No, they were active. They were praising God. And we too 
have the blessing, the joy, the privilege to praise God here within our fellowship. We praise God for who he is. We praise God for his gracious work in us, through us, for us, and around us. And so we see these blessings from working out with God. Just as there are many blessings for us physically when we focus in on physical fitness and we work out physically, there are many blessings for us spiritually when we work out spiritually according to the Word of God. We see blessings from God, and we get to share those blessings with one another. We get to receive those blessings from one another, and we get to watch God's change in us and in one another. One of the things that you see oftentimes when folks are physically working out, the change is is obvious, and many times you want to encourage and share about the obvious changes that are happening physically, and the same is true spiritually. When we work out with God spiritually, the changes are obvious. That's what was happening here. The changes were obvious, and this is one of the reasons why the Lord was adding to their number every day those who were being saved. Changes were being seen. The change in them was being enjoyed by them, and it was being seen through them. And others were wanting to join with them. And so we see these blessings, again, as we're working out with God. So we're at our fourth discipline, our fourth station, if you will, our fourth exercise in God's workout plan. We're going to be biblical. We're going to be relational. We're going to be missional. The fourth is be generous. Be generous. Generous means Abundant, open-handed giving. Generous means a readiness to give more of something, such as money or time, than what is necessary, usual, or expected. Generous means to go above and beyond. Generous means whatever is usual, whatever is normal, whatever is accepted, generous goes beyond that. Generous goes far beyond that line. It's abundant. It's overflowing. And so we see here in this passage this discipline. And it's as clear as these other disciplines that we've identified already. It's clear right here. Be generous. This fourth discipline. So we're going to look at generosity this morning. The first point we see here is generosity leaps off the passages and the pages of Scripture. Generosity, think about it for a moment. Think about your understanding of the Scriptures, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Think about your understanding of what we've been studying here in this passage, this truth about this church. Generosity leaps off the pages of Scripture and grabs you and me. Open the Scriptures up at whatever point you want to open. Begin reading the Scriptures wherever you want to begin reading. And what you're going to see is generosity is going to come flashing out to you and to me. God is the ultimate generous giver. God is the standard when it comes to generosity. We know what generosity is because God is generous. Jesus told us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God is our creator. He gives us physical life. God is our Savior and Redeemer. He gives us spiritual life. God has given us new life, abundant life, eternal life with him in Jesus. 
God promises to meet all of our needs according to his riches in Jesus. We know this to be true. There never has been anyone more generous than God, and there never will be anyone more generous than God. We can talk about, understand, conceptualize generosity because we know God. And God is generosity in all he is and in all he does. James told us in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good gift is from our good, good Father. Paul told us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus. So every good and perfect gift is from our good, good Father. Every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus. Paul also told us in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. One verse, verse 8, for every and an excel and, uh, and everything. This is amazing. God is able and God makes every grace overflow to us so that we'll be able to excel in every good work God has planned for us. If God has planned these good works for us, and we know he has because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So we know this. So it makes sense, God being a generous God, he's given us new abundant eternal life with him in Christ Jesus. It makes sense that God's going to make every grace overflow to us so that we'll be able to excel in every good work God has planned for us as we humbly submit ourselves to him day by day. Jesus generously gave his life for us on the cross so that we might receive forgiveness of sins and be able to enter into a relationship with God by God's grace through our faith in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection for our salvation. God is always and forever generous. And so we look at this discipline, and we're going to work out with this discipline. We're going to exercise our generous muscles. We're going to exercise our mind so that we can begin to increase this biblical doctrine, this exercise of generosity. And we're going to do it first and foremost because God. God is generous. But then secondly, we see generosity shine through this church. Generosity shine through the Jerusalem church. Look at verses 44 and 45 in chapter 2. Luke wrote, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Turn to chapter 4 and let's look in chapter 4 in verse 34 and 35. Luke wrote in chapter 4, in verse 34, for there was not a needy person among them because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet. This was then distributed to each person as any had need. Generosity 
shined through the Jerusalem church. Their generosity first was genuine. It was genuine. They were generous because God is generous. They were generous because God is generous. Notice, they were not giving to get. They were giving to give. They weren't giving to get. At times we give to get today. They were giving to give. Again, they were biblical. They gave themselves first to the Lord. They were biblical, so they knew they had received generously from God. They knew they had generously received from God. They were saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus. Grace, again, is the undeserved, unearned favor of God for us in Jesus. Grace, stay with me, grace by definition, grace by definition is radically, incredibly, and completely generous. Grace, God's grace. By its very definition, the unearned, undeserved favor of God for us in Jesus. Grace is incredibly, completely in every way, totally, radically generous. And so these believers, they were generous because God is generous. They were biblical, so they knew how generously they had received from God. But remember, they were also relational So they then gave generously to God and one another. The grace of God that drew them to salvation was the same grace of God that led them to generosity. The grace of God that they received that led them to salvation, this incredible gift from God that's not by our works, is what led them to generosity because it's the same grace. It literally, as we look at this passage, it didn't matter how much they had or how little they had, they were generous with all they had. Because all they had was a gracious gift from God to them. And they knew this. So it didn't matter how much, didn't matter how little, they were generous with all they had, whatever that was. Because they knew it was all generously given to them by God. So their generosity was genuine. Their generosity was also faithful. We see in these passages in chapter 2 and in chapter 4, two words, sold and distributed. You saw this in verses 44 and 45, sold and distributed. These two verbs are imperfect tense verbs. That means regular, continual, daily, ongoing action. So when we're reading this, what that means is these Christ followers were selling and sharing and giving and distributing day after day after day after day. When a need rose among them, it was met by God through them. When a need rose among them, it was met by God through them. God was blessing them generously. And so as they were working out spiritually, being biblical, relational, missional, and as they were being generous, it makes sense. God was blessing them. He was meeting all their needs, which he promises to do for all of us. And so they were being generous, faithfully generous, Because God was generously given to them, so they were able to generously give to him and to 
one another. And so their generosity was genuine. It was faithful, but it was also contagious. It was contagious. There, the believers in this church, their love for God and one another was displayed by their generosity to God and one another. I don't know if you picked up, I'm sure you did, as we read chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, the number of alls and everyone's and every, it's just over and over and over and over and over. Their love for God and one another was displayed by their generosity to God and one another. They just didn't say it. They showed it. They showed this. They were all together. They held all things in common. They were of one heart and mind. Now, what I find very interesting and quite amazing, they had a great system in place. They had some fantastic folks who were gifted with the spiritual gift of administration. They had to. Because what Luke told us goes to the point of their genuine, faithful, contagious giving. What Luke has told us is that the Lord was adding to their number those who are being saved every day, right? So we know every day the Lord was adding to their number. We know Luke stopped when he got to the number of about 5,000 of the men. When you add women and children, obviously we're, we're quite a bit past that. And he stopped with his specific numbering at that point and at the beginning here in the book of Acts. And then we know that persecution happened and then the diaspora, they were forced to leave. Many of them were forced to leave Jerusalem, but we're here still before that point. What he's saying to us is, Luke was sharing with us, every day the Lord was adding those who were being saved. So this was a regular, I mean, every day folks were getting saved, baptized, joining the church. But Luke also told us, notice what he told us in chapter 4. He said there was not a needy person among them. What? I don't know about you, but that makes me stop. As I'm studying and looking, I just, I just got to take a moment and dwell on that, God. Their generosity was contagious. Had to be. Because we're talking about those numbers, and it was growing constantly. So everyone, for the most part, this church, these believers, they were generous. And it was genuine, it was faithful, and it was contagious because they were taking care of one another. Because Luke said, at this point, there was not a needy person among them. What a great testimony. What an amazing example here of this church. There wasn't a needy person among them. It was Genuine, it was real. They understood God's generosity to them. They were expressing that generosity to one another. It was faithful. 
When needs came up, they were obviously meeting those needs. And they weren't just relying on those, because notice Luke said, those who owned lands and property. He didn't say all of them owned lands and property. He said those who owned lands and property. So we know, obviously, within the church, as we see the church today, there were different levels of gifts, different levels of blessings, because there were some who owned lands, some owned property and possessions. But what we see is all of them held everything together. All of them were generous. No matter how much or how little they had, they were generous with all that they had. And what that was producing was this amazing generosity that was flowing so that there wasn't one of them that was in need. So we see God is our generous God. Generosity leaps off the pages of Scripture. And we know and understand generosity, to seen here in the Jerusalem church, it doesn't take long for us to look at the Jerusalem church. And because they were working out with God, because they were biblical, because they were relational, because they were missional, makes sense they were generous. And I believe that's the same that we see here within our church family. And God wants us to continue working out in this way. More and more and more. He wants us to continue to be biblical and relational, missional. He wants us to continue to be generous, which leads us to our third point, and that is God wants generosity for us in our church. God wants generosity for us in our church, for you and for me and for all of us today, this week, from this point forward. If we're being generous, God wants us to renew that generosity. If we're being generous, God wants us to increase that generosity. If we're not working out on this machine, if we're not working this part of our spiritual walk out, if we've skipped this area when it comes to working out with God, God wants us to begin and to make this commitment to begin working out with him because God wants generosity in us and God wants generosity in our church family. Generosity is important to God and therefore it should be important to us. Solomon told us in Proverbs 11 and verse 25, a generous person will be enriched. The one who gives a drink of water will receive water. God has generously given every spiritual blessing to us in Jesus. God is generously making us more and more like Jesus on a day-by-day basis. God is providing for all of our needs according to his riches in Jesus. Therefore, God wants generosity in and through us. And there's some areas he wants us to be generous in. If we're going to work out, and if we're going to start using this discipline, if we're going to start exercising spiritually with this discipline, there's some ways he wants us to be generous. Number one, God wants us to be generous with our time. He wants us to be generous with our time. Each day, each hour, each minute, each second is a gift from God to you and me. It's a gift to God, to you and me. And the psalmist said, teach me to number my days carefully, God, so that I may develop wisdom in my heart. God wants us to number our days carefully. God wants us to be wise, not unwise, and to make the most of every day to make the most of the time God has given to us because the days are evil. And so we know and understand God wants us to be generous with our time. Now that is going to come in a couple of different ways. God wants us to be generous with our time with him. 
in his word, in prayer, in worship, in scripture memory, in meditation. God wants us to be generous. God wants us to increase. If we're spending 15 minutes in the morning with him, let's bump it up to 20. If we're spending time with him two days throughout the day, let's bump it up to three times throughout the day. God wants us to be generous with our time. He wants us to be generous with our time in his word. He wants us to be generous with our time in prayer. He wants us to be generous in our time in worship and giving him the praise that he deserves and desires. But then secondly, God wants us to be generous with our time with one another at church and away from church. God wants us to be generous with our time at church. You're here You're generously giving your time, so again, you are working out this discipline in this regard. And so you can smile, you can high-five, you can fist-pound one another, because right here, right now, you are being generous in regards to your time with God, as he's speaking to us by his spirit in us through his word, and in our time with one another. As you're gathered with your brothers and sisters in Christ. But God also wants us to be generous with our time away from church. As we see here, they were meeting in the temple, they were meeting in homes, they were meeting out on the roads, highways, and byways, and God wants us to continue doing that. And our life teams, and all of our different areas of ministry, God wants us to be generous with our time, because as we are generous with our time with God, it increases our trust in God. As we're generous with our time with God, it increases our love for God. The more time we spend with God, the more we're going to grow in our love for God. And so he wants us to be generous with our time. Secondly, God wants us to be generous with our talents. With our talents. Paul told us, now to each person, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. To each one of us, To each person, Paul's talking to the church in Rome. To each one of us, and we see this here with Luke in the first church in Jerusalem. To each one of us, each one of us has received from God a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What does that mean? It means this. When God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, God places his Holy Spirit in us. And when God saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, God gives us spiritual gifts. It gives us a spiritual gift. And our spiritual gift works in connection with the abilities, skills, and talents that God has given to us and that we have worked to develop throughout our lives. So this spiritual gift will connect and work with our abilities, skills, and talents so that we can Do what the spiritual gifts are designed to do. Make sure you hear and understand. Our spiritual gifts are always, always, always for two purposes. The gifts that God has given to us are always first to be used by us for God's glory. And then secondly, for others' gain. Our spiritual gifts. The gift that God has given to you, the gift that God has given to me. The gift that God gives to every follower of Jesus Christ. Every one of the gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit, is given what for the common good. Our spiritual gifts are never to be used to say, look at me, look at how great I am, look at what I can do. Folks abuse spiritual gifts from God because they try to use them as a platform to promote themselves. As if they're the ones responsible for what's happening. Which is incredibly prideful 
and wrong. Our spiritual gifts are always to be used for God's glory, and they're always to be used for others' gain, to be a blessing to others. Peter told us, just as each one of you has received a gift, use it to serve others. He didn't say use it to serve yourselves. He didn't say use it to glorify yourselves. He said use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. He said, as good managers of the very grace of God. So we have received this grace from God, and we have generously received God's grace. God has placed his spirit in us. God has saved us. God has placed and given us a spiritual gift, and he wants us to take that gift. He wants us to prayerfully work out with that gift. He wants us to be generous in our time. He wants us to be generous in our talents. He wants us to understand and take that gift seriously so that we can bring glory to his name and so that we can help others by using his gift for his purposes which is to be a benefit for the others, for the common good. So what does this mean? Here's what it means for you and me. It means God wants each of us, and he has made a way possible. So none of us can say that we don't have a gift. Because Scripture clearly says, now to each person a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. Paul, Peter said that now just as each one of you has received a gift, so God's cleared away all excuses. What this means is this. God has made a way for each of us. He wants every one of us as his followers to get out of the stands, to get off the sidelines, and to get onto the field of faith so that we can generously use our talents that he has given to us for his honor, glory, name, and fame. That's what he wants. Now, here's the incredible, amazing, awesome, quite unbelievably impossible to share blessing. When we do what God calls us to do with our talents that he's given to us to glorify his name and to benefit others, he blesses us. He blesses us. It's a blessing. Because we all win. We all win. We all are able to win those talents. I keep coming, my athletic background, forgive me, just keeps coming to my mind. As God is just continuing to remind me, he's bringing up the image. What God wants, if you know basketball, you understand, you'll understand this image. If you understand basketball, you understand the different positions of basketball. You understand the point guard's position in basketball. The point guard, most often, that role for the point guard is to set everyone up for success. That Point guard, that best point guard is going to be the one that always makes that perfect pass so that someone else scores. But there's blessing in the pass because everybody wins. Everybody wins because the abilities and the gifts to be in the game from him. So as we use our gifts, whatever they are, what we're doing is we're setting each other up to score. 
spiritually. And then we all win. We all win. It's a beautiful picture of those talents generously giving God our talents. Third, God wants us to be generous with our treasures. He wants us to be generous with our treasures. We know and understand biblical stewardship teaches us all we are and all we have is from God. God's the owner. We are his managers. We're his stewards. Jesus told us in Luke 6, 33, given it would be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and pouring over will be measured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Hello. Jesus said, with the measure we use, it's going to be measured back to us. Paul took the words of Jesus in the gospel, and he said it in this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. The point is this, the one who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and the one who sows generously will also reap generously. So what do we know and understand? Well, it's the same for us as it was for these believers. It doesn't matter how much we have or how little we have. God wants us to be generous with all we have. Because all we have is a gift from him to us. The truth, God loves to bless us. That's the truth. God loves to generously give to you and me. He loves to. That's why he tells us if we'll test him and if we'll challenge him in this area of giving to him, we will be blown away by how he generously gives to us. All God wants is for us to obey him and to trust him and to give generously to him and to one another for him. And he'll continue to generously provide for us. God wants us to be generous with our time. He wants us to be generous with our talents. He wants us to be generous with our treasures. Fourth, he wants us to be generous with our tasks. As Christ followers, we follow Christ. So there are some tasks that you and I have on a day-by-day basis. And we have tasks that are broken down into two different categories. We have our vertical tasks. Our vertical tasks include denying ourselves, taking up our cross daily, and following Jesus. Our vertical tasks Growing in our faith in Jesus, our love for Jesus, our obedience to Jesus, humbling ourselves before God, casting our cares on God, presenting our requests to God. Our vertical tasks include seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness day by day. Our vertical tasks include walking by the Spirit so that we will certainly not carry out the desires of our sinful flesh. Our vertical tasks include walking as Jesus walked. It includes being able to be imitators of God as dear to love children and to live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. These are our vertical tasks. And as we are generous in our vertical tasks, with our vertical tasks, God will empower us to be generous with our horizontal tasks. Our horizontal tasks include comforting one another with the comfort we ourselves have received from God so that none of us go through a time of grief, suffering, or loss alone. We see these tasks displayed in this church. We see them displayed in our church. Our horizontal tasks include encouraging one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of us is hardened by sin's deception. It includes listening to one another being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because we know anger doesn't bring about the righteousness of God. We know we need to be quick to listen to one another because when we listen to one another, when we're in a 
position of listening to one another, we're able to hear from God as we listen to him while we're listening to one another so that God will then let us know what we need to say to one another and what we need to do to and for one another. Maybe generous and loving one another as Christ Jesus has loved us selflessly and sacrificially. We need to be generous in meeting one another's needs as often as we can in the ways that we can. You see, we're always called to be good and to do good to all those who got places around us, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Be generous praying for one another and with one another. Praying in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and continuing to always pray for all the saints, for our brothers and sisters in Jesus. We need to be generous with taking time to pull one another aside and to pray with one another and pray for one another when we're here together corporately, when we're here together in our life teams, when we're here together away from church, when we're here together at church. We need to be generous praying for and with one another. We need to be generous and rejoicing with one another in the blessings and successes and victories of life. We need to be generous standing beside and with one another in the challenges, difficulties. struggles in life because the blessings are real and the burdens are real and we need to be generous in horizontal relationships with one another we need to be generous watching out for one another so that none of us is tempted to turn away from God and sin against God with a sinful, unbelieving heart. We are family, brothers and sisters in Jesus. We have unity with one another through King Jesus. Generosity helps us to bless one another for Jesus. And as we embrace God's generosity, to us, we will express our generosity to God and to one another. Why would we ever put a limit, a cap, a lid? Why would we ever not be generous? with whatever and whoever, fill in the blanks. Why? Why would we not be generous? God longs for us to be generous. And you know as well as I do, freely we have received, freely we give. Lovingly we have received, lovingly we give generously we have received generously let's give let me bow in prayer our worship team will 
come and lead us in this response. Our prayer partners are standing here at the front. These prayer partners are a, a generous, living, breathing example of our desire to pray with and to pray for, to pray over, to carry one another's concerns and burdens, to lift one another up to the Father. If you've got any care or concern and you want someone to pray for you, that's why these folks are standing up here. I'll be sitting down here. Listen, you can turn to someone near you, and I guarantee they'll probably pray with you and pray for you right there. Let's be generous this morning in our response. Let's be generous horizontally. Let's be generous in our encouragement and our love and our support for one another. Let's be generous in blessing one another, encouraging one another, speaking encouraging words and God's truth to one another. Let's be generous vertically. Let's renew our commitment to God. Let's renew our commitment to be generous with our time, or maybe it's your talents, or maybe it's your treasures, or maybe it's your tasks. Whatever the Lord's speaking, let's be generous in that regard. And listen, if you've yet to receive God's gift of salvation, by God's grace through your response of faith in Jesus, then why not today, why not right here, why not now? Jesus did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. He took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted, but he never sinned. He died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary, and he defeated sin with his perfect death. He was buried in the tomb, and on the third day, he rose again. He defeated death for you and me. We don't serve a dead man. We serve a risen Savior. He's alive. Because he defeated sin and death for us, we have an opportunity to be reconciled to God, to be brought back into a relationship with God. By God's grace being extended to you now, his favor is being poured out to you now by giving you this opportunity again. Do your response of faith and trust in Jesus, trusting Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation. What a great opportunity for us to walk in the word this morning. Horizontal generosity, vertical generosity. Let's stand and let's respond to the Lord this morning.